Hello everyone, this is Larry Morrison, financial shaman, alchemist, on a drive, so hopefully you're going to get a new type of background noise, on a drive up to Aspen to get some play in before the snow melts. How important is play and how often do we actually engage in it? You know, I heard, I was watching this movie yesterday about rock climbing, which I've been super fascinated with, just the sheer, well, like grappling with the now. Like you have to be 100% focused and present, otherwise death is involved, which has always fascinated me. But um, there's this great quote, which I believe applies to all play. But uh, this great quote was, you know, rock climbing doesn't pretend to have a purpose. Like, it, it's only for what it is. You know, it's not like you're going to practice rock climbing and take it into some other thing. Right? So I kind of feel like play is that same way. There's no purpose for it, really. Except to get your mind off of, if there, it's not really a purpose, it's more of a byproduct is get your mind off of um, work or whatever it is you're doing, whatever it is you're building, not necessarily work, I mean, even if it's something you love, your passion, your purpose, um, you still have to get your mind off of it from time to time. Mm. Sorry, I'm just hearing that. I needed to hear that too. Because I'm... I'm like a spiritual workaholic in that way, like, uh, I'm always working on myself and not giving myself a lot of time to sit with it and let whatever happens needs to happen, but, so obviously I needed to hear that too, which is also why I'm going to play, you know, get my mind off of everything. Um, truth be told, I'm, I'm kind of in a low vibration state right now, so I still have to, you know, work on myself, gang. Like, I'm not going to pretend that uh, I'm above what I'm telling you. And everything that I talk about it is channeled, for sure, from my heart, and wherever you believe that comes from. But uh, unfortunately, all the things I'm teaching have been learned by through experience. I've either gone through or am going through. Or, like, sometimes with my writing, I write this amazing stuff. I'm like, wow, how did I know that? And it's like, oh, I'm going to have to experience that shit here in the future <laughs> and sometimes the near future. So anyway, I just say all that to say, like, you never get a, you never get a done. You're never done with this stuff, you know, you never get to a place where you're just like enlightened and champagne pours from the heavens. Like you're always evolving and sometimes evolving is difficult. Um, I will say I'm much more open to it than I used to be, you know, I had someone give me some constructive criticism yesterday, and I was very open to receiving it, way more than I've ever been, which is a huge step for me, uh, but I also had to learn how to discern between constructive criticism and just criticism, which is someone just tearing you down because they feel inferior to you, so that's important to discern as well. Um, which I'm not going to go into right now, but I've touched on before. Um, very important to understand that everything needs to be filtered through your heart. 
Um, and if someone is, is saying, hey, there's nothing wrong with you and there's this area of improvement that you could work on and look at and heal, right? It's the same thing I'm going to say to you. Like, there's nothing wrong with you. Everything is happening just as it should. It's all perfect. And there's places that obviously need healing and attention, right? So it's fascinating because I'll get people who email me about what they hear on the podcast and have questions, which I totally encourage, obviously. The financial shaman at Gmail is my email. I'll get people that reach out and like, don't scold me, but I have this question. It's like, I'm not scolding anyone. That's not my intention at all. Um, However, you have an internal critic that takes it that way. That, oh, Larry's right about money's not the root of all evil. And if I believe that, I'm going to push away money because I'm evil, I'm such a shit. Like that part where you're criticizing yourself or the ego is grabbing onto a truth and then using it against you, you got to be very conscious of that. I'm never going to scold you. Everything's happening the way it should. You found me or you found your own practice of unraveling beliefs or, or finding your own truth, discovering who you are and just own that, that that's, it's perfectly your journey just right here and now you don't need to get anywhere right Uh, everything is unfolding in front of you as it is for me too that's what I'm trying to say like even all this work I've done on myself all these money beliefs that I've alchemized and and worked through and brought different perspectives to uh, they're still healing here you know and it um, it sometimes feels like it's never going to end and that's true uh, maybe not necessarily healing, but evolving is never going to end. It's like you get if you, you, we don't get frustrated that we have to cut our fingernails again. Like, oh darn it! Why do these things keep growing? Like, it's just that's just how it is, right? It's just what it is. We can't fight it um, because we'll just be fighting nature essentially. So anyway, what I want to talk about last week, I talked about uh, what no one taught me, and then one of the major traps I see. Uh, spiritual entrepreneurs fall into and anybody that can really fall into it there's a you know like there's a right or wrong way to do life there is no right or wrong way to do life okay Um, but if you think that you'll be chasing that carrot uh, your whole life right and then chastising yourself for not doing it the right way so it's a big trap even if you're not an entrepreneur Um, and then I had another trap that I forgot yeah okay (laughs) so I didn't know I mean I knew this one because I wrote about it in my book but it definitely applies to the entrepreneur who gets started and I was coaching an entrepreneur yesterday a spiritual entrepreneur and um, you know working through her stuff and and coaching her on business and uh, it, it made itself apparent so I thought it was a good trap to talk about which is the ego often does this thing where it bites off more than it can chew in order to choke you out uh, and stop your momentum. Here's what it looks like. Uh, there's the analogy I used. Like, let's say you have an inspiration, and just it's just a hypothetical. Just let's say you have an inspiration to uh, create the best new light bulb for a car, right? Like, it's the most efficient, it's the brightest, it, it doesn't blind people from the other way, which would be awesome, by the way, because I swear when I drive at night, I'm like, does everybody have their high beams on, or is it just the new type of lights that we have? Um, but anyway, let's say you want to make this 
you have this inspiration, you have the knowledge and all that kind of stuff. Um, and what you don't know, you'll learn later, right? And you just, you're guided and your heart's telling you to make this headline. And then what your ego will do is it's going to sabotage you, right? Remember the ego's goal is to stop your evolution, to stop your growth and to keep your not good enough story, the non-deserving story alive, right? Um, so it's going to sabotage you and it does it in very strategic ways. Now, the most obvious one, which I've talked about about a freaking thousand times by now is you come up, the idea, the inspiration hits you and then your ego immediately chimes in like without a split split second delay and says, you know, you never figure that out. You don't know this stuff. You can't make money and do what you love. That's stupid. You're not, you can't do this, blah, blah, blah. And then also it will tell you like you're an idiot for not doing it, right? So that you're constantly not good enough. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. That's the unwinnable game it always puts you in, which is how you know to stop playing. Anyway, that's like the first layer of shit. Like as soon as your inspiration or heart's calling or an idea, an opportunity shows up, it'll, it'll shut you down. It'll tell you that, oh, here's all the hurdles that you, you know, are going to stop you because it's trying to stop you before you even get started. But what often happens, like with this headlight analogy, hypothetical analogy, what often happens is it says, this is an amazing idea. So it, let, it lets you pass the first layer of bullshit, right? Like, yeah, you should do this. This is going to be amazing. And then it's like, you know what you need to do, though, is you also need to build the housing around this new light uh, on the headlight so that it can fit universally to any car. And you're like, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. You're like, all right, yeah, that's true. So I need to build the light and the, and the housing. And it's like, and you know what you should do is you should probably have like different modes for the front end and maybe the hood. And then you know what? You could bring this technology to the engine as well. We should make an engine. And then all of a sudden it's telling you to build a fucking factory for an entire car and, and compete with Tesla. And you just want to know, you just got the inspiration to build a headlight, Right? It does this all of the time because it, what's it's, what it's doing is it's helping you bite off more than you can chew so that you choke out and stop what you're doing. I'll give you a, a non-hypothetical example that my client had yesterday, which was, you know, we're going to build her a series of videos. That's her course that she wants to put out. And I was like, let's just start with video one. What would stop you from doing video one this next week? And it doesn't have to be perfect, which is a whole other thing we'll talk about another time, maybe next week or next podcast. But um, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's just a rough draft. What's stopping you from putting a video together for video one of the four to six to eight videos you're going to have? And immediately her ego chimes in is like, one, I can get five done this week. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Even if that were true, even if you got five done over the next week, you would still start with video one. Pay attention to the step you're on. Pay attention to the step you're on. And what's fascinating is that the ego will open up all kinds of ideas. It will let ideas flow in for steps six through 20 to avoid step one so that you don't get started. Does that make sense? Like, so in this non-hypothetical example, she was like, I'm going to get five. Then I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. 
Just do one. If you're called by your heart to do a second one before next week, do that. But, you know, if you feel the momentum and you keep going, but don't say you're going to do five because now the, the, the work becomes way bigger than you thought it was. Here's another example. This happened to me tons of times where I was, uh, when I got into real estate, it's where I cut my teeth in finance, right? I got into real estate, started flipping houses, doing all this stuff. Well, I went door knocking to learn who was, you know, learn about the neighborhood, the economy of the neighborhood. Um, I would learn about uh, if people, I was trying to find actually if people were wanting to sell, right? Uh, or buy uh, my, <laughs> my flipped house. So um, I would go knocking and what started to happen is, well, I'm going to, I would go outside the neighborhood. Like, well, I want to get to know the, the whole subsection of this neighborhood, this whole area. And then I'm going to get to whole, know the whole town. And then I'm going to get to be, I'm going to, you know, put myself on city council. And then I'm going to be the fucking mayor. It's like, wait a minute. Wasn't I just trying to find people to sell their house? Or, or have me buy their fixer-upper? What the fuck happened? Now I want to be mayor? This is what the ego does to stifle your momentum. It makes you bite off more than you can chew so that you choke yourself out and stop. Okay? <clears throat> so that was an example in my life. But I see it all the time in you know, entrepreneurs. Even if your heart is like, hey, I want you to take care of your body, go take a yoga class or go practice some yoga. And then the ego will chime in and say, yeah, let's do that. You know what? We can do way better than that. Fuck that. We're going to go to India and we're going to become a yoga master. Now, it's almost as if it's using evolution against you. Like, that's a possibility that you may evolve to that after years and years of yoga. And it calls to you to, you know, help other. Really, guy? Really? There's nothing in front of you that's that important. Uh, anyway, traffic's fun. So... So it'll tell you to become a freaking yoga master when you just wanted to take a class. And you could talk about all the different variables that go into that, which is like um, how to keep the not good enough story alive because now you're on a path to try to become some kind of a master and you see how difficult it is and you see how big it is and you see how many years you have to put into it. And all those years put the gap between where you are to where you want to be and that gap stifles you Brene Brown talks about this a lot mind the gap the gap from where you are to where you want to be will stifle you if you're not paying attention to it and so does Abraham Hicks talks about that too right you got to get positive momentum in the now forget what's you know five, one two five ten years from now What's the step that you're on? That's the most important step. Because there is nothing else. And um, the gap will make you feel not good enough. It will inflame or trigger your not good enough feelings. Because you see where you want to be, and you see where you are now, and you feel not enough. You're doing something wrong. Here's that old, I'm doing something wrong again coming through. And this happens to me. It's happening right fucking now, which is so in, in, interesting why what's channeling out of my mouth is happening. 
because I look at where I want to be too. I'll just give you an example. In my relationship with my soulmate, I'm like, I want to be in each other's life every day, but right now that's not possible for a variety of reasons. And it's like, I see what I want. It's finally here. I can touch it and taste it and smell it, right? It's physical. It's not ethereal. It's not energy. I mean, everything's energy, but you know what I'm saying. It's not in my imagination. It's here, and yet I only see the gap of where I am to where I want to be. And the gap, if you, if you focus on what's missing, you're in scarcity, If you focus on lack and what's missing, you're focusing on the gap. You're in scarcity. And so am I. And that's why I'm saying I still work on this stuff. And it's still fucking frustrating. And it's still a healing. Right? And I, you know, I scabbed my hand a few weeks ago and it's barely healing now. I mean, it's healing slow. And I'm pretty a pretty fast healer. I think it was actually last weekend but still um, I'm watching it heal and it's taking the speed of nature to do so and sometimes that's frustrating because we want to move fast and the speed of nature moves at its own pace right but the gap is extremely important to know that that gap between where you are and where you want to be will trigger your not good enough story every time if your perception is I need to be different or I should be different or something is wrong because I'm not there yet. That's scarcity. Remember always, abundance starts with an abundance of perceptions. And if if your emotion is, I'm not good enough, that means not good enough or unworthy or undeserving. If the emotion of that is coming up, that means what? That means your perception is not aligned with the highest. This is what it is for now. Work on the step that's in front of you. That's it. How do you get to step two? You got to go through step one. So stop planning the whole fucking route and just do step one. Now, yes, are there times where you kind of have to look at the whole thing and take a 10,000-foot view? Certainly. But not to do step one. If you... Check this out. If you plan out the whole thing, that time and energy is going to take you away from step one. When you get to step two, that plan you made before doing step one might be garbage now. Or at least need to be readjusted because you don't know until you get there. I spent a whole podcast on that, right? So, find the gap. Because if you're only looking at what's missing, not only are you in scarcity, but you're in non-acceptance. You're not accepting what is. Non-acceptance is a bitch to deal with. It is one of the major pillars of suffering in this world. Because people think to accept means that this is just the way it is and I can't change anything. But the paradox is nothing is going to change until you don't need it to. 
right? Only after you accept things fully are they allowed to change. Because if change does come, because that's a law of the universe, before you've accepted it, it'll just repeat again. in full acceptance because acceptance leads to what? acceptance leads to gratitude gratitude leads to loving the thing unconditionally loving the thing unconditionally through acceptance and gratitude will let you soak the lessons that it's trying to teach you Biting off more than you can chew is very dangerous in the entrepreneurial world. I met this guy one time. It's an interesting that this story came up because I saw it then, way before I was like super into all these belief systems and understanding the ego's game. <sighs> he wanted, like, he had this great idea for how to help with manufacturing. Um, anybody who was in manufacturing or shipping, he had this amazing like software and a little bit of hardware concept too that would save tons and tons of efficient in time and efficiency of manpower and I heard it and I was like wow that's actually pretty cool and so I knew he was looking for manufacturers and then the next time I saw him present which was not only if like he presented the idea to a group of uh, networking a networking group and you know people that knew the business of the city and uh I was like, that's a great idea. I got lunch with him, heard more about the idea. Then a few weeks later, maybe less than a month later, he presented again. And now it had grown to be like the next Amazon. And he was going to do everything in-house. And he was buying all this stuff. And now he changed what he had, like the power partners he wanted and the clients he wanted. And I was like, dude, you have no capital, first of all. So he was looking for investors, and I get that. I'm like, you're trying to be the next Amazon? And I'm not saying the core competency isn't better than whatever's out there. But you're taking on way too much. I could, I watched him self-sabotage. And I knew it at the time, and I could see it from my perception. But I couldn't see how I was doing it to myself. Uh which I have done many, many times, the same thing. Like I said, I'm trying to be the mayor instead of just finding out who's selling in the neighborhood, right? Um, so this happens over and over and over again because it's one of the ego's tricks. And you feel like, oh, no, this is exciting. This is following my highest excitement. But if you check in with your heart, it's like, just do fucking step one. Just do that. Just start with step one. And follow your highest excitement with no insistence on outcome the outcome which creates expectation if you attach to it is what happens now you're expecting to be the next Amazon but no one's taking you seriously now because you don't even have your core competency competency figured out right like, I didn't even know how, at that time, I didn't even know how to get people to sell me their house if I knocked on their door and they wanted to sell me their fixer-upper. I was learning. 
But that would should have been would and should have been my core competency. And I was already trying to run for fucking mayor. Like, whoa. I don't even have this part figured out yet. I don't even have this thing done yet. Right? It's like, all right, I'm ready to sell my product. Okay, do you have a website? Oops. Nope. Well, that's the next step then. So, biting off more than you can chew is huge. And the thing is, you're going to have to discern moment by moment if you're seeing the next step, you're seeing the next couple of steps early, or if the ego's trying to suffer or choke you out and stop your momentum. Because anytime the that your heart's calling feels overwhelming and mine sometimes does you know trying to heal the world's money beliefs but if you break it down to all I have to do is deal with the clients that are in front of me right now then it's not that big a deal all I have to do is do my podcast write my stuff right put my videos out there help the the clients that I do have and then you know healing the world's money beliefs hey is it all going to be by one person probably not you know, there's probably going to be a lot of people that are into this, right? But um, even if I was one of the thought leaders in this area, like, still, I would only have to do what I have to do that's on my plate today. Because all we have is the now. So what's on the plate now? What's on the plate today? Yeah, 10 years from now, it might be a totally different thing, but I'll still be doing what's on that plate for 10 years from now. Not all of it today. I don't need all 10 years today right but i'm i'm constantly paying attention to this fact that this is a broken neural pathway this is something that in me that needs healing is trying to bite off more than i can chew and anything that stops momentum anything that stops me from hearing what my heart wants to do and stopping it needs to be paid attention to even beyond the ego even anything that stops you from listening to your heart needs to be healed so that you're back in alignment with it. Don't ask me how to do that. That's a whole, that's kind of what I'm building now, self-healing trauma work. But uh, self, self-healing? Self-healing trauma work. Yeah, that, that name needs work. But uh, for now, you understand what it means because it's, pretty self-explanatory but point being take it one step at a time do the stuff that's in front of you constantly check in with your heart and if the ego starts to open the floodgates to all these ideas and inspirations you know that are you know two three five years down the road you can write them down if you'd like But you also have to know how to prioritize your attention on them. Right? Like, oh, okay, so this is five years from now. I want to put this in a journal and label it year five. And just put it aside and focus on the next one or two steps in front of me. Right? So that that way you show the ego, hey, thank you for these amazing ideas that I may or may not use because I'll be different five years from now. I'll be massively different five years from now if I keep going on this path of self-discovery and entrepreneurship. I'll be massively different, and so will the business five years from now. 
but I'll put this aside to see if I need this down the road. You know, I have great ideas for my business that are in year two. I mean, wait, no, technically I'm in year two now. Two years from now. So I guess it would be year four, three or four. I have this amazing idea. I'm like, I'm definitely going to do that. But it's on the back burner because I'm not even there yet. Right? And it, even thinking about it right now, it's like I get excited. My heart starts to open and I'm like, wow, yeah, that'd be amazing. I can't wait to do that. But I'm not there yet. I'm in year two and that's year four. You see what I'm saying? And so I'm grateful that that's there that may or may not come to fruition. It feels like it will because my heart's still excited about it. But that's way down the road. You know, if you're building a Lego set or something that has an instruction manual that you physically need to build, you don't skip to the end and build the last piece, right? You have to start sequentially. And yes, this is spiritual stuff. So you might leap, you might take a quantum leap ahead and now be thrust, you know, you're letting go of all these belief systems and you get slingshotted into, is slingshotted the right, slingshot, slingshotted? Anyway, you get, you get flung into a new reality because you're finally letting go of all these things that were holding you back. That's possible. But you'll still be doing the day-to-day what's in front of you right now. And the what's in front of you right now might change drastically next month. But you'd still be doing what's on your plate today. And if, if I can suggest something is make sure that play is on your plate today. A little bit. A little bit of rest. You know, definitely getting your eight hours. A little bit of meditation if that's what it is. Whatever centers you, whatever gets you in flow. Because it's not about where you're going, right? There's nothing at the top of the mountain. Nothing is going to make you happier than you are right now. So what are the things that you can do today that make you happy and make you feel successful? Like I'm going snowboarding right now. And I did all of my, most of my work this morning, right? And so the way in which you're doing it is far more important than what you're doing. Let me just say that again. The way in which you're creating this thing, whatever it is in your life, whatever your heart's calling is to build the light bulb or, you know, help people energetically or whatever. The way in which you're building it is paramount because that's what, that's the foundation. So if you build a foundation of I'm only going to do things that I, my heart wants to do, but I'm not going to do... You know, I'm not going to burn myself out. I'm not going to work crazy hard. You know, if I have to do things I don't want to do, I'm going to have to find a way to get in flow to do them or delegate them. Right? I'm only going to do, even if it's my heart's calling and I'm super excited, I'm only going to do it for four to five hours a day. You know, I tell my clients to do it for like three, three to four hours a day max. Even if you're absolutely in love with it and it's amazing because you want to live your life too. Because if you're always building something, even if it's your heart's calling, you're always going to be building something. And you'll be like, wow, when am I ever going to get to go play? Now. Now is that time. So you have to build this thing in a way that's sustainable. Sustainability has become a very hot-button word when it comes to energy. And it's the same thing here, isn't it? We're talking about 
making sure we have energy for the long journey, not just oil and gas and electric. Our own personal energy needs to be stewarded just like we would steward our finances. I, I really feel like I need to come back and listen to this. <laughs> I, I rarely go back and listen to my own podcast. Maybe once or twice I've done it. This one, though, kind of feels like I'm going to need to. <laughs> it's just because this is what I'm going through right now. You know, the universe is telling me to rest. My heart's saying you need to rest. And I'm like, fuck that. I don't want to rest. I want to get going. And so me and my heart are in a discord right now. And as I'm hearing this, I'm like, shit. Yeah, the way in which I create things. The way in which I've created things in the past is to go full bore, full steam ahead. Like, workaholism to get somewhere. And so I'm having to heal these broken neural pathways too. I'm having to heal these wounds, these ideas of... Because you can't bring what worked in business to this new world. Some of it you can, but not all of it. You know, what you can bring is self-discovery entrepreneurship is great for self-discovery and most entrepreneurs do understand that they need to work on their you know limiting beliefs and their mindset and you know their perspectives and stuff so you can obviously bring that because it's a great doorway in but my point is like I can't bring my gung-ho totally focus 100% of all of my time on building and creating and dive in full bore like that's not a smart way to build something that's long term and I've been pretty good about that this past year I must say I've been pretty good about like oh, I have all this info, like this flood of information coming out of me that I need to write down for my book and I'll write and then I'll definitely feel the point where it's like oh it's the afternoon I'm you know even though I was in flow and it, the time just flew by like it's time to go get outside, get some air, and get some play, and get some rest, get some meditation, right? So I don't burn myself out. Even though it's coming from the heart, even though there's a ton of energy there, I'm still mindful of it. Because I want it to be sustainable. You know, every all of the businesses I've done in the past, I burn myself out sometimes slower than others like the student loan business took me seven years to burn out real estate took four startups took three god have I been in this that long Jesus electrical took ten but I didn't know any better I didn't know I was burned out But I was definitely burnt out. Looking back, I just didn't know that's what it was. I thought it was midlife, early life crisis or something. Um, but I was burnt out. Because I went gung-ho. You know, that's what I do. And now I'm being shown this same thing. Is not necessarily the biting off more than you can chew. But when you see the path clearly... And you can see far ahead, like there's a, a, um, a part of me that just wants to charge the mountain and just go. And now I'm being, what I'm telling you, I'm having to learn. Which is the way in which you do it. 
is more important than what you're doing. What if it... Here's what I mean. What if you knew, which you don't, and I understand that that's a variable, and we'll talk about that, but what if you knew that, you know, let's say you're an energy healer or something like that, and you knew it was going to take 20 years to master this thing, and um, after that 20-year mark, like, the world would know who you are, and or your techniques would be adopted by modern psychology or something and uh, like you like for somehow you knew it was going to take 20 years wouldn't you have to conserve your energy for that 20 years like you wouldn't and knowing that it's not a set of tasks right it's not like step one step two step three and then you get it done it's no it's going to take 20 years no matter how fast you go, no matter how many, if you got, if you got a hundred steps done or a thousand steps done, it's still going to take 20 years. If you knew that you would be much more conservative with your energy, knowing that you, it's like baking a cake. You can't, you can't up the temperature and to try to lower the time, right? You have to leave it in at 350 if you do 400, you know, 350 for 20 minutes, I'm just hypothetically, I don't know the, how to make a cake. But like, let's say it's 350 degrees for uh, 20 minutes and it comes out perfect. If you try to up it to 400, you don't get it out in 15. You're just going to burn it or something's not going to go right, right? So you can't like, oh, the more I do, the faster I'll get it done. No, it's always going to take 20 minutes. So in this case, if you knew it was going to take 20 years... You wouldn't be, you'd be way more conservative with your energy. You'd be like, okay, well, if I do 100 steps or 1,000 steps, it doesn't matter. So then I'm just going to do what's in front of me and then go play. Like, I'm going to figure out how to enjoy these 20 years. Shit, that just hit me like a ton of bricks. Oh, I might need to pause this. Hold on. This is hitting me with some emotion right now. Now I know why my heart wanted to do this podcast on a drive, which I've only done. I don't typically do it on drive while I'm driving. It's like I'm being deprogrammed from the way I've always done things with business. It's going to take however long it's going to take. That's already kind of set in stone. And so me charging the castle or storming the hill is not going to do anything except frustrate me and burn me out. Which, of course, we don't want to burn out this time. So how do we avoid burnout? Since (laughs) one of the first things you know of how to become an entrepreneur is that you're burnt out with what you're doing, how do you avoid burnout knowing that you're in for the long haul on something? And I'm not saying it won't evolve and change like, you know, you start to become an energy healer and then five years from now it might change to um, now you're helping people heal, you know, their relationships with their spouses or something. Who knows? But, like, you don't know if it's going to change or alter or evolve 
But what I'm saying is, <clears throat> if you how, how do you avoid burnout? Knowing that it's possible even with your heart's calling, with your soul's purpose, with what you're here to do. You can still burn yourself out. You know, I met this singer one time. She was an amazing singer. She hadn't hit it big or whatever, but she was, she had a, like a, a low-level single, which was like pretty decent, actually. A sweetheart of a gal, and we spent some time together uh, while we, I was traveling abroad. And um, I was super, not jealous, but I was, I was admiring the fact that she was following her heart and chasing her dream, right? And she's like, I was like, it must be so great to do what you love every day. And she's like, there's pros and cons. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah. Like, it's the thing I love to do most in the world. And yet, I feel like I'm forced to do it. It's not that I get to do it whenever I want. Uh, So there was a drawback to being forced to sing. That it, it didn't flow out of her naturally. Now, even when she forced herself to do it, it was still fun and amazing to her. But she was like, yeah, it sucks to have to be forced to do what you love. And not feel like you can do that. Now, looking back, I'm like, well, there's a lot of scarcity under there, right? And there, I could have helped her from where I am now back then. But still, there's... To follow your heart and doing what you love doesn't necessarily mean it's all sunshine and rainbows. There's still a lot of evolving to do. And it doesn't necessarily mean you won't burn yourself out. And she was very cognizant of the fact she was trying to communicate that she was scared of burning herself out on the one thing she loved most to do. Because if she felt more and more like she had to do it, it was gonna she was going to get fried and not want to sing anymore. And I see that with young athletes where they absolutely love whatever it is hockey soccer basketball baseball football and then they're go 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 gung-ho and then the one day comes along and they're just like i'm fucking burnt out i'm done i love it but i can't do it anymore right because they push too far and now i'm looking at it my own stuff and i'm going man I have to be cognizant of that. How do I not burn myself out on the thing I love most to do, which is to help people and to do these kind of talks and stuff? And the only thing that comes up is I'm going to have to really put a lot of play and a lot of effort into playing and taking my time and energy away and not putting all of myself into it on a daily basis. I mean, I'm always going to give it my all. But, like, um, not my all of my time and energy so I mean that's not my all I don't know depends on how you look at it um wow I did not see this coming how do I not burn myself out even if it's the thing I love most to do well we know not to bite off more than you can chew in the day that's important we also know that Whatever it is that's coming through you, your heart's calling, your soul's purpose, whatever you want to call it, uh, the reason you're here on this earth, that's meant to happen. Like, if you're created for that thing or you chose to do that in this life, it's going to happen if you stay on it, if you stay going that direction, right, on that path. 
So you know it's going to happen. Really, what I'm talking about is the time variable here. If you know it's going to happen, no matter what, and if you pushed hard and got there in five years, but pushed slow and relaxed and got there in seven and then had the energy to sustain it for another 13, well, if you got there in five and then felt burnout happening, that would be more dangerous. Because now the 20 years of mastery of whatever you're put on this earth to do doesn't happen because you got there too quickly or you pushed too hard to get there too quickly, which is exactly what I know I would do. Because that's my pattern. Huh. So, the way in which you do it is as important. And there's no wrong way, still. There's still no wrong way to do it. But you have to be in alignment with your heart. So if your heart is saying, I know that we've shown you the next five steps. We want you to focus on step one, but take it easy. Take it slow. You have to listen to that. Even if you're like me, that's rebelling against taking it slow. And it is a rebellion. It is a self-righteousness thinking I know better than my own heart. Because I have been shown what's, a lot of what's coming, a lot of the steps. And I'm, I feel like I'm ready. But that looks off or avoids or distracts me from step one. Or year two that I'm on. Year two needs to be focused on. This is what's here happening now. And it wasn't even, what, two months ago that I was like, okay, I'm going to gear everything toward the spiritual entrepreneur that's going to be, you know, kind of geared toward female entrepreneurs from the ages of 25 to 40. Not that, it, not that you couldn't be a spiritual entrepreneur that's a man and outside that age range or any combination thereof and still get value, but like just kind of focusing it and aiming it on that. Um, and then um, what was so fascinating is my client presented themselves as like, oh no, I'm trying to build this thing. I'm like, oh, this is exactly what I want. And just that conversation of helping her exposed all these limiting beliefs and the mind chatter and the ego game. Which the next one we're going to talk about, or I guess I could just jump into it right now for the next 15 minutes. So the trap of biting off more than you can chew. Uh, the other trap of trying to go gung-ho and get there faster, which possibly will burn you out. So you have to avoid burnout and like make a pace, a way to do this that is... Not necessarily conserving your energy, but um, just avoiding burnout, stewarding your energy, and making sure there's plenty of play and plenty of relaxed time, which is abundance. Because if you say, no, I have to get this going to get my bills paid, you're in lack, right? So, uh, 
if you know there's always enough, then there's no reason to go fast. Especially if fast has the possibility of burnout. This is like a whole Wu Wei type of thing, right? Like less effort, less time, but more uh, results, if you will. It's not the right word, but you know what I'm trying to say. Less effort, less time, but more movement. Um, and then the, the third trap, or this, the third trap in this podcast, is thinking you have to know it all before you get started. And I almost want to spend a whole podcast on that, so I might touch on it some more later, like pick it up like a part two, but um, that's also what came up yesterday. And I see that a lot with young entrepreneurs or new entrepreneurs is they think they have to have the whole thing figured out before they get started. And I really blame our education system for this because... They're teaching kids things they might never use to build a foundation in case they need it. So then they think they need to know something before they get started, when in fact, the real way we learn the best is in-time learning. Like, oh, you come across a challenge? I don't know. Like, uh, if I want to replace a toilet in the house, I've never done that before, but I'm pretty sure I can do it. I go on a video. It's in-time learning. I watch a couple people do it. I do it myself, right? I follow the instruction manual or whatever or the video on YouTube or whatever, and I learn it in real time when I need it. And so, so many entrepreneurs are trying to figure out every little detail about their business before they even go through step one, right? Like, I need the button on my buy now button on my cart button to be blue. They haven't even built the website yet. You see what I'm saying? People believe that you have to have it all figured out. No, the universe will teach you as you go. I didn't know everything I know now about how to help people through their trauma and aligning them with abundance when I started. And thankfully, I knew I didn't need to. Now, there was some imposter syndrome that got exposed, like, I'm still working on this stuff, or I don't know how I'm going to help this person. But it works. You just keep going. And the universe teaches you person by person, minute by minute, day by day, what you need to know. And if you come across something, ooh, I don't know how to, I don't know how to market this, or I don't know anything about affiliate marketing, or I don't know anything about business structuring or whatever, you'll learn it when you get there, when you need it. You cross that bridge when you come to it. Well, one of my clients, she was starting a business and she was all hung up on the incorporation stuff. And I'm like, sweetheart. In the United States, that's not how this shit works. Go out, create the business, build the website, start making money. Once you start making above 24000 a year, then the IRS cares, then you got to worry about that stuff. But if you don't even know if this business is going to make money, there's no reason to go get it incorporated right away. You can still do everything under your social as a DBA, right? And there's, yeah, okay, you've opened yourself up to lawsuits, blah, blah, blah. Hopefully you're not doing anything that would. You know, you're not doing triage or something like that. So, like, you, there's a lot of leeway there. But in, but unless you've been through that or been through business, you don't know that. And people try to sell you, like, their bullshit on incorporation way before you need it. Way before you need it. I did that in real estate. I had to learn that the hard way. It's like, what's stopping me from buying in this name and then shifting to a corporation once I know this thing will do make money? 
You can sign it over to a corporation at any moment for nothing. Like, any assets. Like, what the fuck are we talking about here? Like, there's so much more flexibility in that than we give ourselves credit for, but people think they need to know everything before they start on step one, and that is exactly what the ego does. Anytime you don't pay attention or move through step one or the step that's in front of you, the ego is messing with you. It's doing everything in its power to stop you, to stop your evolution and growth. That's its job. And your job is to push past it or to recognize what it's doing and ignore it or whatever you want to say, alchemize the the nonsense that it's saying to you. Anytime you're off away from the step that's in front of you, pay attention. Now, like I said, if you're doing play and your heart's saying, okay, that's enough for today, that's fine. But anytime, like, you're putting, making things harder than it needs to be, that's self-sabotage. That's self-sabotage. If you're like, okay, my heart is saying the next step that's in front of me is I have to build my website. Awesome. And then the ego goes, well, um, we can't put our name out there until we have headshots. And then to get headshots... We're going to have to find, like, it just starts to take you in all these weird things. Yeah, headshots might be important. But if the heart is saying to build the website first, then do that. And watch for the distractions. Watch for the, well, how am I going to build a website? I've never done that before. There's tons of ways to do it. I built my first website by myself on Wix. I don't recommend Wix anymore. But there's plenty of other builders. Kajai, all these other things that you can build it yourself. Or you can hire someone rather pretty, pretty cheap. Don't pay too much. Definitely don't pay thousands and thousands of dollars, you know, to build a website. Maybe a thousand, maybe fifteen hundred max. But you listen to your heart, obviously. It's gonna know that you can shop it around. But anyway, my point is like you have to pay attention to anything and everything that distracts you from the step that you're on. And play is not a distraction. If your heart says it's time to play, if your heart says it's time to rest, or it's time to meditate, or it's time to get outside in nature, or it's time to go have fun with the kids and the family, then you do that. But if your heart is saying, hey, we need to work on the step that's in front of you, and the ego chimes in and says, oh, there's all these other things we need to do, pay attention. Pay attention to the how the ego trips you up. Don't avoid it. Listen and just pay attention. Write it down if you need to. You can say to it, oh, I hear that I need to get headshots. Thank you. Write that down. But right now I'm on this step. But what about you need to pick up your kids from school? Oh, thank you for reminding me of that. I'm going to write that down and set an alarm. That's not right now. I'm on this step right now. So you can be gracious and thankful what the ego is trying to tell you. But if, you, if it hooks your attention and it makes you leave the step that you're on for any reason... I'm not saying to leave your kids at school. I'm just saying it it could tell you you have to pick up your kids at 3 when it's noon. Like, that doesn't have anything to do with the three hours I have in front of me to do step one or the step that I'm on, right? Uh, Yeah, so just pay attention and listen, but just don't do it, right? Just listen to what it's trying to distract you with. It's trying to hook your attention away from what you're doing. So that it stays in control and the not good enough story can stay in place. 
I hope something I've said here today has helped you. Thank you for driving with me um, on my time to go play. Um, and look at this. Like, even on my time to go play, I can still create content. How about that? There's a beautiful blending of worlds here. I hope something I've said have helped you focus on the step that you're on, no matter what it is. Hell, the step that you're on could just be, I need to undo enough trauma, undo enough limiting beliefs, undo enough trapped emotion and trapped negative perception to even hear my heart's calling. Awesome. Then focus on that. Wow, there's an arborist, a guy in a tree, way up there, just has a chainsaw dangling. Those guys are insane, too. I love it. Guys and gals. Um, anywho, I appreciate you listening. Know that I'm on this journey with you. Get my ass kicked, too. We are different uh, skiers on the same mountain. Different clouds in the same sky. Different branches of the same tree. My unconditional love to you. Be well. Good journey, my friends.